Here's a question. How does an ordinary person land their dream job in the sports industry immediately after graduating? Welcome to the Sports Grad Podcast, your bite-sized guide to enter the sports industry. I'm Ruben Williams. And I'm Ryan Walker. In 2017, we said goodbye to exams and hello to full-time work. This is a behind-the-scenes reveal of exactly how the best sports industry professionals in the world created careers that most only dream of. We believe every dream job in sport is worth chasing, and that's why we want to give you the tools to make it a reality. For a proven process to getting jobs in sport, download our free ebook, How to Get Jobs in Sport, The Sports Grad Method. You can get this for free at www.sportsgrad.com.au. G'day guys, welcome to another episode of the Sports Grad Podcast. My name is Ruben Williams and today's episode is a little different. Today we're going to show you a recording from a recent members webinar, which was just entirely Q&A. Inside the membership, we currently hold webinars every two weeks and during those sessions we'll teach you a specific topic and there's usually question time at the end of it, but occasionally Sometimes we just leave it open for an entire hour of Q&A. So if you've got any questions in mind, feel free to ping us online at any point in time. We'll try and get back to you. But if you want to chat with us um, over Zoom, get along to one of our next members webinars where you can ask absolutely anything you want to us. So enjoy this recording of the Q&A from the recent webinar. Uh, Alex, what is best to include within a resume to improve my chances of securing a program developer role at a sports club? Would it be best including volunteering experience? Yep, absolutely. Um, and in fact, one of the things that's on um, the template of my resume in the membership is um, a uh, is a breakdown of the sections that I use. And one of them, and the, and the way I separate them is not by paid experience and volunteer experience it's just experience because some of the experience that i've had in the past um some of the best experience i've had in the past hasn't been paid it's been volunteer it's been an internship and they are most relevant to the paid positions that i've been applying for um and i want people to notice them first so i want them to put them at the top of the page so to make them kind of fit into that i use the subcategory experience and literally, like, it, I reckon when I applied for Cricket Australia, the top of my resume was Paran Junior Football Club, Australian University Sport, St. Mary's Salesian Amateur Football Club, um, and not, none of those organisations paid me. Um, two of them are grassroots football clubs in, in, in Melbourne. So I think absolutely, if you're doing those roles at the moment, definitely include them and definitely treat them with the um, – the the value that they um they deserve just on that point um so when it comes to interview stage would it be very likely that they ask questions about that sort of thing like volunteer experience and how that could help in this role yeah for sure yeah and i i think today's episode actually exam gave you (laughs) probably you know would give you a perfect example for that um so you know in terms of how would volunteer experience help you in this role Today we talked with um, Adam Bishop and the main thing he said around why volunteer grassroots experience is so valuable is, is because it gives you an understanding of what goes on at a grassroots level and an understanding of the people who are involved and what their concerns are, what their problems are, what their 
goals and objectives are, you know, why people play sport. Because if you enter the uh, AFL, Football Australia, NRL, and you go into the, you know, game and market development or the community cricket or, you know, that section of the, the business, it's your job to come up with these programs that are going to serve people at the at the grassroots level. So having an understanding of those people in there is the most critical factor. And, and the best example I've ever heard of, of someone who's leveraged grassroots experience into a full-time job is a bloke called Stuart Wiley. So Stuart Wiley is the head of participation at Cricket Australia and was the acting executive general manager of the community cricket department while uh, for a brief period after Belinda Clark um, resigned. And he used to work in chemical engineering and he did that for about 20 years. And he never worked in sport before, did like a commerce engineering background. The thing that he had done, though, was he was the president of Edinburgh Cricket Club for six years. And that gave him a fundamental understanding of what goes on at a community level and how clubs are run. And while he was there, he loved it so much and put in so much time and effort that Edinburgh Cricket Club were the grassroots club of the year, I think, for you know consecutive seasons. And so he leveraged that, you know, being president at his cricket club at the age of, you know, he's probably, you know, early 40s. He's still leveraging grassroots experience to get a senior executive job. So that's like, that's how valuable it can be just having that understanding. And that's why it's so crucial. And it's probably a good point as well. Like, you know, once you start, once you start working full-time and you get into the industry, don't stop volunteering. Like, keep it going because, you know, that's still an example you can use when you want to get a promotion or you want to you decide you want to go into another job. What you do on the side is still going to be extremely valuable for you and even more so as you do it over a longer period of time. And I think it probably even shows as well how committed you are too because if you volunteer for two years during university to – add something to your resume and then you just shaft it after you've got a full-time job, then, you know, what, what does that really say about what you're doing for that club? Whereas if you stick around with that club and continue with it for another three years after you've been in that role for that continued period of time, that shows like another level of, of loyalty and dedication and, you know, and altruism of actually wanting to give back to the club that is going to be heavily favoured if you choose to use it in a future example. Maybe just a question um, in, like regarding the um, hobbies, interest, interests um, section. Uh, mm. That's all. That's always the part in every like resume I'm writing where I'm always feeling like a bit weird about, you know, like um, because it feels like so not unprofessional, but it feels a bit strange to use that much that much space for my interests in that sense, you know? Um, so I just wanted mm. to kind of maybe just kind of checking in with you again, um, if that's really worth to include, because so far I was, I would say I was okay, successful with my applications and I never actually included like interests or hobbies because I thought that my experiences are actually my interests and hobbies in some mm. way. So it's always like a bit like, yeah. Could you maybe yeah. just... 
Yeah, for sure. So I know when I um, and I probably didn't change it. I was going to say when I applied for Cricket Australia, my hobbies and interests section said that I'm passionate about sport and travel. And um, mm-hmm. as an example of this, I've travelled to um, uh, you know the FIFA World Cup and Lords for the Ashes and the running of the Bulls in Spain and music festival over here and. Mm-hmm. Um, led a group of five friends to the top of La Pierre Saint Martin in in the Pyrenees to watch the Tour de France and and stuff like that. So when you start to like share specific things, um, you know, people start to get a better idea of you. Whereas if I just say like, oh, I enjoy travel, like cool. You know, a lot I know a lot of other people who enjoy travel will, you know, what kind of travel do you enjoy? Yep. Um so similar in a similar vein to uh, what I said to Ankit around, you know, creating an impression around your personality that helps people figure out if you're a good cultural fit, mm-hmm. your interests and hobbies section is your chance on a resume on paper to demonstrate if you're a good cultural fit or not. Mm-hmm. Because um, a lot of resumes are going to look pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Particularly if you're coming out of university, everyone you know is probably going to have a similar number of experiences at a similar sort of level. Mm-hmm. Um, that's generalising, but if you want to stand out, I think you know your hobbies and interests section is is a really good way to show that you know you're more than just someone who's done their 120 hour placement because the university told them they had to. Um, and if you show how your interests and hobbies actually fit into the role as well and your passion is genuine to the specific area, mm-hmm. then that's going to put you at an advantage too. So, um, yeah, if you can't have a coffee w- with the person in, in advance and make an impression on them and give them a sense of your personality, that's the section to do it on paper. Okay, cool. Thank you. No worries. Uh, Josh says, how do I break down someone's LinkedIn profile to create good questions for an upcoming chat? Okay, so I'm guessing um, I'm guessing. so you, you've looked up someone who you want to have a chat with and you're looking at their profile and trying to pick apart what parts of it uh, uh, you want to ask more questions about. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I, I don't have anyone lined up in at the moment, but I, I've uh, spoken to a few people recently, uh, Nathan being being one of them, and uh, just something that always uh, I struggle with, whether it's with a chat or asking good que- questions in an interview, um, just how do you research a person and use that information to learn more about them? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, we, we do this every week with the podcast. Um, so typically like, you know, the only information that we have on hand about these people is their LinkedIn profile. So we'll scour through it and find out different bits and pieces that look interesting to us. Um, and what we really want to uncover is how they did something or or why they did something. If, if, um, you know, for example, Jay Lee is probably a really good example. The bloke of the NBA, he had a couple of different experiences, um, including a role at the Nike World Headquarters and another one working with the NFL website um, and a FIFA 2010 World Cup app as well. So, you know, we, we see that on paper and we, we think, well, like how – what do you mean you're involved with the World Cup app? Like how, how did you build that? Um, or 
um, you know, why did you decide to, to leave Nike? Like that seems like an incredible job. Um, and he told us, that, like we didn't ask him in the podcast, but afterwards he just said it became too much of a bubble. Um, like it, it was cool and everything, you know, inside the Nike bubble, everyone thinks Nike is the most important thing in the world. Um, but then you like step out into the street and you, you know, walk past regular people and they're like, oh, no one, no one cares about what I do for, for Nike. But when you're in that bubble, you know, it becomes a be all and end all. So for him, the bubble became too much. Um, and so, so that's kind of how we approach it. Like we look at different things and just think, you know, why, why did you do that? Or, or how did you do that? So just getting used to asking really open ended questions. And I think we, we, you know, there's not too much of a, a system or, process to that i think a lot of it comes from your own natural curiosity so whatever kind of just piques your interest it's just like you know dig dig deeper on that so you know we might say like oh how did you build the apps like oh well i was a project manager in a team of people at aspn it's like oh well like um you know how, how did how did you work together like how are these team of 20 people working together on a single app how does that work oh well we know we work using an, an agile project management function and all this other different stuff. Oh, what's, what does agile mean? Like, you know, how does agile work? Where does that come from? Why did, why did you pick agile over Kanban or another project management type of style? So you just keep, keep digging and digging and digging until you, you know, your curiosity is fulfilled. I just, I maybe I just wanted to add something to that topic. Um, I had an interview two weeks ago um, for a role and, The interview manager, um, yeah, like one of the interview questions was, can you please um, tell me everything what I have done in the past? Like he wanted to know his entire life story, like as my interview answer. And I just, I mean, I did it briefly, but that was clearly not enough for him. So I knew that I kind of fucked up the interview. But the way how, like he really wanted to know whatever he has done in the past, like by date, like it was crazy. It was kind of a business de development role, of course, like where you have to, I guess, really analyze um, with whom you're talking. But I guess that was kind of a cool um, reminder of really like um, checking the people before actually talking to them. Um, mm. Yeah, it was, was just an interesting thing because I never had an interview before where that guy was so clearly about What I have, have I done in the past? What have my colleagues done in the past? Tell me now this, 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 this. And like, mm. yeah, was a bit unprepared in that way. Um, yeah. Maybe just like yeah. to add on that one, you know, that it's actually quite important to really know um, what maybe people have done in order to maybe tailor some questions or so. Um, yeah. 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 That's a, that's a good point. Like, um, um, like even if, If I'm having a meeting with someone, I'll, you know, look up their history as well. And, you know, if there's a potential overlap in, you know, mutual contact or whatever, then, you know, I might be like, oh, I feel the need. I might might bring that up. So just having kind of little things that you understand about someone else in your back pocket to help help the relationship can be a good thing. I think another thing, Josh, on the LinkedIn stalk, I guess you can call it, um, is like I'm in a similar position to – Ruben, in terms of the podcast I support, and maybe just finding if they're an expert in a certain department, what is their industry up to now? What innovations are coming out of it? Um, I recently spoke to someone in commercial, and it's like, what are you seeing in the industry at the moment? What do you see in five years? What's the newest innovation? 
because um, then you can put yourself ahead of other people if that's an area you want to work in because you're learning about what's happening rather than just being on the outside. So I think that's another thing you can sort of touch on just based on the roles they're in or even if it's the companies and just researching that company as well before you have a chat. But yeah, obviously big shout out to Josh for reaching out to me. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, that's uh, all, all really good points. Uh, particularly open-ended questions are something I've struggled with in the past. So I always think I have to be specific with what I'm asking asking people uh so thanks thanks for listening guys we hope you enjoy this q a session from the membership webinar if you want to join us and chat with us regularly head to the sports grad website and in the top right hand corner you'll see a little yellow button that says join the community and you can access everything you need from there uh, until next time Thanks for listening. We'll see you then. Hey team, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you did, please share it with your friends or your classmates who also have to figure out all of this sports career stuff. As you can see, this podcast is practically a masterclass and it's free. And you and your circles deserve to have it. So please share it far and wide. Finally, when you are ready to make sense of tackling jobs in sport, go check out the Sports Grad Method. This is an ebook I wrote based on eight years of trying to get into the sports industry and teaching others how to do it too. All of that is condensed down into a proven process to getting jobs in sport. If you're like me and enjoy things broken out into logical steps, then I think you're going to enjoy it. To get a hold of that, download it from www.sportsgrad.com.au. Thanks again for listening. Chat to you soon.